It is Thursday, November 26th, day 26 of National Podcast Post Month, but more importantly, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there, to my listeners, whether this was, if you're listening to this on Thanksgiving, I hope you are having a great day. If you're listening to this after Thanksgiving, I hope you had a wonderful holiday. We're in an interesting time in our lives right now where we probably most likely are not able to spend Thanksgiving with the large family gatherings that many of us are used to. Uh, If you did anyway, shame on you. Uh, because we're supposed to be keeping things safe for our loved ones. Um, but if you didn't, I sympathize because I had to give it up as well. Anyway, uh, getting back to this, this one here, I saved this one specifically for Thanksgiving because this, it's not every day you have a conversation that really kind of changes you and changes your perspective on life. But this gentleman here, I had never heard of him even before this 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 conversation and i have been following him ever since because he is so inspirational noah galloway he is a former u.s soldier currently a quadriplegic um but he uh you know he has a prosthetic leg a prosthetic arm due to injuries that he suffered while overseas in the war and uh he was at the time promoting the first season of true grit which was a, a american grit forgive me, American Grit, which was a show hosted by John Cena where members of the military competed against each other in challenges. And he was the leader of the Marine group because that's what he was. But, you know, aside from just being that uh, and seeing the strength this gentleman still has, his words are so motivational. I've read his book. I've watched speeches of his. He has become an inspiration of my own. I'm so thankful that I was able to have this conversation with Noah because it quite possibly changed my life. So that is specifically why I saved this one for Thanksgiving. I hope you guys are able to take from this one what we did, Adam and I, my, my former host, Adam. I'm a ho- I hope you are able to take some from this conversation the same way that we did. Uh, and it kind of inspires you. And... Yeah, so enjoy this one. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you out there. This is Day 26, National Podcast Post Month, our Rewind with Noah Galloway. Enjoy. Welcome back. And uh, here on the showcast, we do talk a lot about movies and TV, especially the recent wave of uh, superhero TV and movies that have been out recently. But... It's not every day we actually get to talk to a real-life hero. So uh, this week we get to speak with a veteran of the U.S. Army. He's a motivational speaker, a writer, a personal trainer, and a father on top of all of that. And you can watch him and his team of competitors on Fox's new competition show, American Grit. Our first guest this week is Noah Galloway. And Noah, before we get started, uh, thank you, obviously, for your service. I mean, it, it, it oh, means a great deal to, yes, very, very uh, to us, especially so. this being our uh, Memorial Day uh, podcast kind of fitting podcast. Yeah. Thank you very much. You know, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there are quite a few, uh, you know, competition shows that are out there where I can basically, I'll sit at home and, uh, you know, in the laziness of my couch and I'll say, I could do that. Uh, you know, I've, I've even auditioned for survivor twice and have gotten close to being on, but this show American grit is so intense, uh, that I sit on my couch and I feel like such a puss. I feel like a wimp. <laughs> Um, tell us, tell us a little more about American Grit and what the show entails. Well, the, the show itself, 
you have John Cena as the host. Then you have me, Rort Denver, who is a commander with the Navy SEALs, Nick Irving, who is a very successful sniper that was with the 75th Ranger Battalion, and T. Hannibal. She was she just recently retired from the Marines. And we are the mentors, the cadre that are over the 16 competitors that came in and wanted to be pushed physically and mentally in military-style competitions. And we evaluated all 16 competitors, me, Nick, Rourke, and T, uh, you know, kind of draft picked who we wanted. And then we all ended up with a team of four, with two males, two females on each team. So then you end up with four teams of four. And each episode is basically, you, it starts off with a team competition where we're leading our teams through these military-style evolutions. And one team will win, and the three that don't win, the losing teams, the cadre have to choose one person for their team to go to what's called the circus, which is a crazy obstacle course event and then an endurance challenge that is always changing each week. And it'll go until one of those three people quit or pass out or whatever it is, and they go home. And that goes on for 10 weeks, narrowing it down, narrowing it down. And at the end, all the teams are competing for a final prize where one team can win up to a million dollars. So, yeah, and I know at the rate it's going now uh, with the teams, I think it's it's $250,000 per person. Per, and then, yes. So now every right now, it's the playing field now. For a while, I had a team of four last four episodes. And then episode five, uh, we lost Lisa which was a, you know, a tough blow, um, which if anybody that saw it, you know, the, that always changing endurance event, you don't know what it's going to be. And you don't know who the other teams are choosing. And I ended up sending Lisa in and it was a sprint that was timed. And she went up against a former NFL player and a um, triathlete. So it was like, when I found out what the challenge was, I was like, Oh crap. Yeah. I have just, I, I've sent her home. Uh, yeah. But I sent her into the circus no, she was going through some self-doubt because she was on such a strong team. She didn't realize how tough she was being because her teammates are excel to a level that was just unimaginable, so she couldn't see it. And I needed to send her to the circus to either finish and come back and see her self-worth or to push herself to the limit and go home with her head high. And that's what ended up happening. Yeah, she, she certainly went out fighting. I've been watching since episode one. She certainly pushed herself to as far as she could, and she went out fighting. Um, she did. I mean, and let's not play coy either. Your team didn't just not have to go to the circus. Your team didn't just make it out alive unscathed for the first four weeks. Your team won the evolutions. Your team didn't even have to go to the circus. So <laughs> No, yeah, my team was – the downside was when you win, you're only in half the episode. So, yeah. you know, I, I told my team, you know, they're, they're making me look good, but at the same time they're taking away my face time on television. But I'm, I'm very proud of how well my team is doing. They're just – you know, I picked a, a lumberjack. Uh, you know, he, he's just, you know, a tough guy that has that natural ability. Claire, who is 50, she was a, worked on a fishing boat outside of Alaska for 20 years. She's tough as nails. David was a gold and bronze medal Olympic medalist from the Beijing Olympics. And then Lisa, who had all these struggles in her life and then decided to turn her life around and got into bodybuilding and just changed everything i picked the i felt like the four best people of the 16 competitors yeah that's for sure yeah and it's not, i mean the show it's not even just enough of physical and mental i mean 
we've heard, I mean, we've had some people on from competition shows in the past. We've heard these things can be grilling or grueling just as far as like filming and production goes. I mean, first off, I, you guys are in Washington producing, uh, you know, filming it, right? Yes. Washington yes, State. About an hour I, and a half south of Seattle. Okay. I've never been to Washington State, but I, I've heard it's not always the most uh, cooperative when it comes to weather and everything, and I can imagine the days get long. Was production as intense as I'm, I'm kind of imagining it, it is? It was, yes. And then, you know, you would be, you know, you'd be at the base of the mountain setting up, and then you'd find out, well, we can't go up because the weather's gotten bad higher up on the mountain. And they were t- towards the end of filming, we're getting close to wrapping everything up. Things were delayed, like it was delayed one day because of weather. Uh, and it was almost like we're getting close. We were getting close to Christmas, and it was like, well, we got to finish this show. I hope weather cooperates so we can get out of here. Uh, but you know, some days it was freezing. Uh, we dealt with snow, rain, wind, and then other days it was sunny and beautiful. Uh, it was crazy, but it was beautiful. I mean, to be out there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, when you guys go through the evolutions, I mean, you mentioned the circus as well, and the the endurance challenge at the end of the circus is ever changing, and you guys are completely in the dark about that as well mm-hmm. as your team. Um, as far as the evolutions go, though, I know I'm pretty confident many of them are inspired by actual military obstacles and trainings. But do you guys have any input as to what they are, or are you guys in the dark with them as well? Advantage at all to what was going on. In fact, until my until the fifth episode, when my team finally lost an evolution and went to the circus, I wasn't even allowed to go and be off camera watching the circus. Uh, once we lost, then I was able to sit in the control room, whatever, and, and enjoy and watch everything go down. But uh, like episode one, when the guy Chris went home, that everyone I've met is like, well, I'm glad that guy went home. Yeah, yeah the, same boat, that way. the same way. <laughs> I was... I was actually at the gym working out. I had joined a local gym so that, because then I just had the day off. And I was in the gym waiting, waiting, waiting. Finally, my phone starts going off, and it's Rourke and Nick texting me. They said, we got to tell you in person. So they come by, pick me up, we go eat dinner, and they had to tell me the entire story of what happened because I was unable to watch it. Yeah, that's crazy. But But they wanted us in the dark with everything. They didn't want any advantages for anything. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the other trainers in the cadre as well. And I mean, in the episodes we've seen so far, there's been plenty of shots fired between you guys in the different branches. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, all being military, you know, military people, everyone in the cadre, there's a true respect between all of you guys. But when it comes to this show, um, how intense is the rivalry? Is it just purely friendly rivalry? It does it go a little deeper than that. You know, I, I I would say it was purely friendly. I was just I was enjoying myself. But uh, as, as time went on, I could see there was a little bit of, uh, they weren't real happy that my team, you know, <laughs> was winning. <laughs> so it, it became a little more intense, but I, I like to think that, you know, each, all four of us were trying to really tell our teams that it's all about teamwork and the importance of teamwork. And even though, you know, me and the other cadre, we talk shit with each other, but when we'd leave, see, the cast, had, the competitors had to stay on site, live in a house. We would leave, and mm-hmm. they would see us leave together or overhear us talking about dinner. They started to catch on that even though we were competing with each other, we servicemen and women were – we have a bond that can't be broken yeah. and a respect for each other. And I think that started to rub off on the competitors to realize, hey, I guess they're, maybe we should work as a team. You know, because they saw us as a team, even as competitors. 
Yeah, and you tend to see a little bit more of that too as the show goes on is when, you know, after the evolutions and such and everybody's back at the house, they all seem to, you know, they seem like a big family as well, even though they're competing against each other. Yes. So, uh, I mean, is it hard sometimes? I mean, obviously, every week somebody has to go home, but these people are putting up the fight of their life in order to, you know, endure through these endurance challenges after having just run the circus, which, as I, as I said, I don't think I could ever do. I'd, I'd just quit after the first, you know, first obstacle. Um, but is it hard even, even if it's somebody not from your own team, is it hard to have to watch some of these contestants ring out and go home? It is because, you know, you can't help but know that they all have a reason why they're there. It it may be for just the money. It may be for the attention of being on a show and seeing if it takes them to another level, or it may just be to push themselves uh, to the limit. You know, they're there for some reason and you want to see everyone succeed, but that's not possible. So it was tough to see people go home, even on the other teams, because you would, you would laugh and joke with people on the other teams. And, you know, just like, you know, when the first, you know, we filmed it in November and December when the first episode finally aired or before it aired, I got to go to a viewing party. Uh, we had it with USO and Fox partnered up and we had a bunch of military come and watch it. And the one girl Goldie that is on Rourke's team, I, there's, you know, this group message we're all in. I shot off a message and said, Goldie, you look like a rock star. I can't wait till you see it because she did. She, she looked so phenomenal. You want to see everyone do well on the show. Yeah. Were yeah. you at least a little bit glad that Chris went home in week one, though? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. No, I'm not going to have. He's the only person. And I was like, no, he's got to go. It sounds horrible to say. I hate to say it. But, you know, I even noticed on social media, he was all trying to defend himself. And, you know, reality TV has to have, you know, they, they edit it to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I really had to hold back from just tweeting back to him and saying, yeah, reality t- TV is not real. I'm not really missing an arm or leg. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on now, if you've said all of it, you know, it's not their fault that they have it on camera. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, you meant, you just mentioned too having a viewing, uh, you know, with the USO and such. What's the response been from, you know, the other members of the U.S. military about the show? They seem to enjoy it. Uh, I know that I've done two viewing parties. I did one in Washington, D.C. and one outside of L.A., and we had military there, and they, they enjoyed it. They loved it. Uh, they watched that first episode, and I'll tell you, that moment when Chris popped off to tea, you, I mean, everybody in the room was like, whoa, no, he didn't. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> they, you know, they were not happy. Um, but, yeah, they seemed to be enjoying the show. Yeah, that's good that it's getting a good response then from the military as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, I know you had mentioned earlier on too. you know, obviously the host of this show is John Cena. Um, I've been a fan of, you know, WWE for as long as I can remember. And I'm, I'm actually a big fan of Cena's and he's one of those guys like in the wrestling industry that you either love or you hate. There are people that love him and hate him. Um, but I personally have a huge respect for him, uh, mainly for a lot of the things that he does outside of the ring with the charities yeah. and obviously yeah. his, um, his love and support for the U S military as well. Um, what are the feelings towards John, you know, when it comes to you guys and the rest of the cadre? Uh, he was a great guy. You know, we'd hang out with him uh, after the show. After we had filmed, at the end of the day, uh, we'd go back and, and hang out with him. He was a really good guy. He was just real chill. Um, we were, he and I were actually in Orlando together last week for the Invictus Games. Uh, it was good to see him again. Now, he's a really nice guy, and you're right. The, the, the respect he has for the military, uh, you sense that. It's real. It's not just a show. 
and you know the charity work he does. He, you know, me and his driver that drives his uh, his like RV huge thing that he was living out of while we're out there was telling me on the side because John doesn't talk about it, but he's like, you know, this guy he does he will drop everything if there's you know if Make a Wish calls him and says, hey, there's a kid that, that wants to meet you, he goes and does it. Yeah, and I have a lot of respect for that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously he is a super heavyweight guy when it comes to like the power and stuff. But, you know, after watching this last episode, you, sir, are certainly no slouch yourself. I mean, you are a beast. I saw you do those 20 reps with that 60 pound kettle. And that's just, again, I feel like a total wimp just watching this show. <laughs> well, you kind of are, Ben. I am. <laughs> I don't deny it. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, was, that was a cool episode um, to uh, to do and then to watch because uh, I got a really good response. I know on, on social media to all of that. So that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're – uh, just from reading your website, I mean, you've done a lot of the Spartan races and other obstacle course stuff, and it's it's kind of interesting timing-wise because last week um, on our health and fitness podcast that we have here, I talked to Hunter McIntyre, who's um, you know probably one of the best in the world at Spartan and all, and all those races, and he was telling me he did some kind of SEAL fit camp called Kakuro. Have you ever heard of that one? I haven't. Oh, it's it's apparently this like intense. It's based off the U.S. Navy SEALs, and it's like this intense over the weekend type of thing. So I I'm surprised that you haven't, because you seem like that's you know these type of. Well, if it's yeah, if it's fairly new, um, you know the last uh, I did my first offer course race uh, a couple weekends ago, first time in two years. Oh, okay. uh, once everything took off in another direction, I got I got busy and. I'd done, you know, dozens and dozens of those Spartan and Tough Motor races and uh, all the different levels they had. It's all I did constantly. And it really took a toll on my body where my rotator cuff is bad, my ankle, my hip. And when I was doing it, though, there was no real attention on me. But it was growing in the Oscar course racing community. And I was really hoping that it would turn into something. And when I made the cover of Men's Health and they titled me their ultimate guy, they told me later that they – they were impressed with the the list of races I had under my belt that were much more than these guys who had all their arms and legs that were competing for this event. And so that that earned me that spot for men's health, which got me on Ellen, which Survivor called me after I was on Ellen. It was one of the shows they called me, and the only reason I turned Survivor down was I didn't want to be away from the kids that long. And then um, when Dance, then Dancing with the Stars called, now I wasn't holding out for Dancing with the Stars by no means, <laughs> um, I've, I've never watched the show. Um, but when they called me, they were like, Hey, we'll put you in a house in LA. And I was like, no, nah, I can't do it. You know, I don't want to leave Alabama, my kids. And without hesitation, they were like, Hey, well, your dancer will come to you. You'll rehearse every week in Birmingham and fly back and forth to do the live show. And I was kind of like, well, what do I say to that? I was like, I guess I'll do it. And yeah. I, I didn't expect to last very long in the show, but, uh, it, of course I ended up doing all 10 weeks and doing all the dances and coming in third. And now looking back, of course I lead into it talking about, I didn't ever watch that. I didn't want to have them to do with it, but I am so thankful that the executive producers talked me into doing that show because it was an experience like no other. And the life I live now is all thanks to dance with the stars, which all happened because of Ellen, which happened because of men's health, which was from all the races I did. And it's like, you know, this, this, one step after another that just led to 
now, I mean, I'm hoping it keeps to go up. But if it stopped now, I would be thankful because the life I, me and my children have now has been absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah, that's a really cool kind of ladder <laughs> to to where you <laughs> to where you are now. So that's that's actually a, a kind of cool story. And one one other thing that you're pretty well known for, and I think probably one of the reasons your team has been so successful so far on the show is that you're a motivational speaker and you're obviously great at motivating people. Do you think, um, you know, say the cadre switched groups or, you know, they somehow pulled in another group, but do you think you'd be as successful with anybody else or, I mean, I'm sure some of it's the athletes and everything, but do you truly believe yeah, that I mean, it's a lot, everybody has, a lot it? has to do with, yeah, well, I, you know, it has a lot to do with the athletes, who they are, um, who was chosen to be on the team and, but then it is, it's like, as the leader, your job is to just point things out, you know, to lead them in the right direction. You know, I didn't, I tried not to micromanage. I would just bring up things and then different evolutions. I would say, okay, you know, like they're on the boat. I was like, Claire, you're in charge. Make sure this goes well. And it's one voice in charge every time they did something, you know, there are other times I put David in charge. I put you know, whoever it was, you know, I just would point something out. And then, you know, this didn't make it on the show. Um, because it didn't seem very military-like. I know that's why I didn't make it, but Lisa was struggling with her self-doubt. And one day I walked into the team room and I had them all write down on a piece of paper what they're good at and what they're bad at. And then once they wrote a lot down, I had a chalkboard and I had them list off, you know, some, some good qualities they had. And then on the other side of the chalkboard, I'd write some bad qualities. And then I started connecting the dots, drawing lines, saying, you know, for this bad quality is made up by this. It's made up by that. And I just circled it all. And I said, that's why we're a good team because wherever we're lacking in one part, someone else is picking up the slack. You know, we all have our good and our bad. And that was, that's all the mindset of that's what a team is for. So I felt like that was just me trying to pull them in together to say, look, you're one unit. And if you work together, you will be stronger than everyone here. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I know, you know, watch, as I mentioned, I've been watching the show since the beginning and you struck me as my favorite trainer from the very beginning of the show. I've been rooting for your team, uh, since the beginning. And as I mentioned, you guys have done really well, uh, since then. So if there is a second season, which I'm keeping my fingers crossed, uh, would you come back if you were invited to, to do this again? I don't know. You know, that's what we're, me and the executive producer were talking the other day, uh, about, you know, a second season and, and when and where, and it's all about the timing. Cause I have so much, cause that's one thing that we were worried about. It's like, you know, we're going to do it. I'm, I need some days because I'm, my calendar is constantly filling up mm -hmm. uh, with other things. So, I mean, anything's possible. I'm not going to say I, I, I am not going to say I'm not. I'm just waiting for the, the word of whether this will be a second season or not. Yeah. Yeah. We'll keep our fingers crossed. And, and we do know you're a busy guy, so we do appreciate you spending some time with us. Uh, before you, we let you go, I want to make sure everybody follows you on Twitter at Noah, Ga uh, sorry, Noah underscore Galloway. Um, you also yeah, have a you Facebook. Know, I'll tell you, I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. I'll tell you what's funny about that Twitter account is, you know, there's a Noah Galloway. He's, uh, he's in high school that, Beat me to it to get at <laughs> Noah Galloway. But this kid is so cool because people will accidentally tweet him and he follows me and he will direct them to me. Uh, so I, I've always, ever since I realized that, I was like, wow, that is a cool kid. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm funny. Noah. I'm, I'm at Noah underscore Galloway. And then um, I don't know, something probably happened on Facebook too because it's facebook.com backslash the Noah Galloway, right? Yes, they know a Galloway. Or if you type in Noah Galloway athlete, that comes up on both Instagram and 
uh, Facebook. Most okay. of the certified accounts. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, obviously check out noahgalloway.com too because you can get a little more info on Noah's charities uh, as well as his motivational speaking and a few other things. But uh, watch American Grit Thursdays, 9, 8 Central on Fox. Uh, Noah, again, we appreciate you coming on. Best of luck the rest of the, uh, the season. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me on.